The following Dharma talk was presented at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota as part of the weekly Dharma series. The speaker is Mark Nunberg, guiding teacher at Common Ground. Lately I've really liked working with this particular idea of uh, overlapping organisms, you know, and to think of some of you were in the uh, fall Buddhist studies course where we looked at wholesome relationships. And so we used this idea a lot to begin to look at the different kinds of relationships we have in our lives and, and to see each particular relationship, if it's with our family or with our larger community or with our common, gro- common ground group, to see it as an organism. And... Uh, so one of the things we do, Common Ground does, as an organism, and this is done everywhere, really, but it's like we clarify our shared values. Like why are we here together? What are we as an organism? And, you know, in Buddhist communities for a long, long time, in slightly different ways, but pretty much the same way, have come together because uh, there's a real power in a group of people coming together and basically agreeing to be an organism, you know. So as an organism, we have a particular uh, aspiration. So what is our particular aspiration? I mean, why do we come together like this? What is is it that we're trying to do? So we talk about well, the three refuges of the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha. But, you know, we could more, more clearly call them, you know, the refuge or the aspiration for freedom, for clarity and for compassion or love. So I want to talk about that, those shared values I think, I think we share. And uh, this is a good time to like come together around these shared values and actually to find strength and being in community around these shared values. In the uh, ancient cultures after the time of the Buddha, they'd sometimes tag on this phrase after they would do the refuges, thus may you know me. So, you know, you take refuge in the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, or you take refuge in freedom and clarity and compassion. And then you say, thus may you know me. It's like a commitment. Like, uh, I, I want you, I'm asking you to see that in me as a, as a support. You know how that is. Like, if I only see your negative qualities, your unwholesome conditioning, well, it doesn't, maybe it's supportive a little bit, but generally we, we happen to already know a lot of our unwholesome qualities. What usually is more helpful is for someone to mirror or to help us see like what's beautiful. And maybe it's not necessarily the dominant quality in our personality, but by seeing it, by kind of mirroring it back, it can get stronger, it can develop. So this first value of freedom, you know, to, let's take a couple minutes now and tune in that yeah, there is this aspiration, there is this value for freedom. Now, as sort of people interested in the way that the sort of uh, direction the Buddha taught were teasing out this habit of 
of idealizing or um, projecting out there, like the freedom is out there somewhere. And if I'm really good, Santa will bring me freedom, or you know, somebody will pay me off for having been a good person, and I'll get my freedom. And I'm not saying those ideas aren't based on something, but you know, it's really important to keep refining our idealistic notions with our actual experience. So, you know, we know from our own experience that there are times in our life where we feel just the opposite, very unfree, very contracted, very tight and narrow, fearful. So we already, if we know that, we already have a sense of what freedom is, because it's not that. It's the absence of the fear and the absence of the sort of uh, feeling apart, feeling separate, feeling alienated, feeling like an aliveness that, or a responsiveness. Like we feel like we belong in the moment that we're actually living, as opposed to like, I'd like to belong in in the moment that I'm imagining living, but how about the moment we're actually living? You know, do we feel like we belong here completely? Like this life isn't some kind of cosmic mistake or mistake because I did something wrong a long time ago or yesterday. So this freedom, you know, this aspiration for freedom is really... Uh, in the Buddhist tradition, especially the Theravada tradition, they, they talk about worldly and, and not worldly. Or, and the worldly is this world of attachment and identification. And so freedom, it's not like being out of this world, but it's out of the world of attachment or resistance or clinging. It's all that friction that our mind can create in the moment. It's not that. So when we take refuge in freedom, it is a different world. It's the same world. It looks the same, smells the same, but it's a different way of being in the world. Because we're almost always in the world in a somewhat tight way, fearful, grasping, clinging way. So when we take refuge in freedom, there's some intuitive sense that there's another way. Because if nothing else, everybody in this room is clear about being in the world in a tight, resistant, graspy, competitive way, right? We all know those different patterns of being in the world. You know, just even the simple example of, you know, being grumpy, oh, it's cold, it's still dark, you know, when we wake up in the morning this time of year. You know, just that resistance, that subtle resistance to the cold, to the dark, to the snow, to the slush. You know, in my case, to the sand and grit and salt getting on our fragile wood floors here at Common Ground. <laughs> I kind of flip back and forth between wanting a lot of people to come to programs and not wanting anybody to come to programs so that the building survives the onslaught of winter. So we, we want to get a sense of that subtle and sometimes very obvious weight resistance that we carry in life. And then when we aspire to freedom, 
it's like, well, how we aspire to like being Mark, being in this world, being in this embedded in the relationships where we have, but free, not tight in all of that. You know, in the body that we have, in this world we live in. But how to be not tight there. So we can all, I think, hold that as an aspiration because we already know to some degree the weight, the burden of resistance. So then it's apparent, intuitively apparent, what what that might be like to, to release that, to go beyond that. And because the tension and the resistance is here, that means the non-resistance, the freedom is here. It's just a matter of not resisting. Because we're not asking for a different life or a different body or a different life situation. We're asking, we're aspiring to not resist the life we have, the body, the mind, the personality we have, the world we have. And so this really makes it clear then what the second value is. Then the second value is, you know, traditionally we call it dharma. But we can call it clarity, seeing clearly. This is a value, I think, to some degree, we all share. And so when we come together at Common Ground, you know, even though we may talk about a movie we saw recently or what's going on in our life, what we really feel when we're here, when we connect with people, we, we somehow sympathetically vibrate around the value of freedom and the value of seeing clearly. Because if we're interested in freedom, the freedom we're interested in manifests when we're intimate, when we're seeing clearly, when we're looking or opening to things as they are. This is what Dhamma means in Buddhism. Dhamma means the way things are. That's the definition of Dhamma. So we take refuge in the way things are because the freedom we are interested in needs to arise here. This is where we want the freedom. So. And there's an, a very potent uh, mechanism here when we, when the heart, when the mind actually relaxes and opens and sees clearly or moves in the direction of seeing clearly. What has to be revealed is the heart that can relax and open in this moment. Like in order to open, in order to be intimate in our relationships, intimate in our situations, intimate with our personalities and our bodies, intimate with our fears and our dreams. In order to be intimate without uh, suffering, we have to find, we have to realize the heart that can hold it all. So when the Buddha set up these refuges of the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, or freedom, clarity, or Dhamma is the way things are, clarity with the way things are, and Sangha is compassion, or the the beautiful qualities, the enlightened qualities. He set this up as a, like a, a way to reveal an inherent, a sort of a natural mechanism. Awakening isn't a constructed mechanism. Or another way to think about it, when things got wound up, when delusion and uh, confusion and self-centeredness, when it gets wound up, embedded in the sort of wound up, confused, deluded way that we all live is the seed for the unwinding. Like when you wind something up, the tension of the wound upness is the intelligence of how to unwind, right? When something's wound up, bound up, 
there's some pressure in it being bound or wound up. That pressure, that um, um, force, is its intelligence in the unwinding. So we need to open to our lives because it, it sort of reveals how to unwind, how to let go. Like when we, this is like in the Four Noble Truths. Some of you know this teaching model in Buddhism. The first talk the Buddha gave was on the Four Noble Truths. It's just another way of saying this. So he, he turns our minds towards dukkha. That's the first noble truth, the truth that life is, comes with stress, unavoidably comes with stress. Because by looking at the stress, it's like a wound up spring. We're looking, we're tuning in to that force of the spring being wound up. When we really open to that, it unwinds. Because that's what it is. That force, what does the force want to do? It wants to move. So that's what propels our life toward freedom, towards Sangha, the enlightened qualities, the beautiful qualities of compassion. Compassion is just the expression of wisdom. When the Buddha knows Dhamma, the way things are, when the free mind, when the relaxed heart, the non-resisting heart knows things as they are, then what comes out, what gets expressed is compassion or loving kindness and equanimity and joy and compassion. So once a quarter, you know, we formally come together to remember this, remember that there is something we want to do with our life. We don't want to just get by, get to Friday, get to the you know, retirement or whatever we think we're going to get to. It's funny how we keep falling into these traps, you know, if only. But we want to use the life that we have and not to be afraid to value freedom. Even if we have no clue where it is, we know where not freedom is. You know, we know the experience of resistance. So we can hold freedom as aspiration. So to not suffer is freedom. To not be afraid is freedom. To not feel apart is freedom. You know, to feel whole or to feel like we belong in this life. That's freedom. So we can aspire to freedom. We can aspire to clarity, to being intimate with the way things are. I mean, does anybody see that as a negative, to be intimate with things as they are? I think we can all see that as something worthy of a, a value, a central value in our life. In love or compassion or expressing this freedom, like acting in the world, responding in the world, not out of fear or greed, but out of love and generosity and gratitude and forgiveness. I mean, nobody really argues with these values. But what we do is we forget them. We get confused and we kind of, they get in the back burner and our life becomes about things that are more superficial and less important. So that's what we're going to do now. And uh, some of you already know that in our chant book, which I mentioned before, is at the website. You can, it's a PDF document. You can print it out if you want your own copy at home. But we have the Refuge and Precept Ceremony on page 35. You can turn there. And we do it in the Pali, the, the language that was spoken around the time of the Buddha, because uh, it's just traditional. And in all the different countries that Buddhism has spread over the centuries, they kept using Pali, even though they were in, you know, speaking their own language, they would do this ceremony in Pali. So 
we'll continue in that tradition. We'll do some of it in Pali, and then we'll speak it out in English. And we need somebody. Maybe, Dill, you want to ring the bell for us, where it says to ring the bell? Thanks. Uh, it will tell you how many times each time. So one of the gestures we use with the ceremony is Anjali. It's just a respectful gesture that comes from Asia. And you can use it if you like. It's kind of nice. Actually, we have something very similar in the Christian tradition. Do they have something in Judaism like this? No. No? Well, anyway, this is something that you can use if you like it. And it's just a, a gesture of respect and gratitude. And so you can just use that if you want. And then the way we've been doing bows at Kamagon is just bringing the forehead down toward the tip of the fingers if you like. But again, it's just something to work with if it sort of supports the inner workings of the, the refuge. In the first part, we honor the teacher that got this path in motion, the, the historic Buddha. And then we'll take refuge in the Buddha Dhamma Sangha three times. That's what comes next. And then speak it in English. And then we do the five lay precepts, which is just a refinement of the commitment to not harming. So we'll do it in Pali, then say it in English, and then we'll ask a community member to read Thich Nhat Hanh's commentaries after each of the five precepts. So we need five volunteers to do those readings. Anybody want to read those out loud? So Laura, you want to do one, and I forget your name. Suzanne, Suzanne you do two, and Matt, you can do three, and Lewis, you can do four, and which one? Doug, you do five. Great. And then we end by sharing the merit at the very end of page 37. So let's begin on page 35. And the ceremony begins with the three bells, and then we'll bow and then honor our historic teacher. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Buddhang Saranangachami Tamang Saranangachami Sangang Saranangachami Dutiyampi Buddhang Saranangachami Dutiyampi Tamang Saranangachami Dutiyampi Sangang Saranangachami Tatiyampi Budang Saranangachami Tatiyampi Tamang Saranangachami 
I take refuge in the Buddha, trusting inherent peace and freedom of a heart free from clinging. Take a few seconds to reflect on this. And then the second. I take refuge in the Dharma, trusting mindful awareness of the way things are. Now the third. I take refuge in the Sangha, trusting those with wisdom and compassion who show us the way. And then we'll begin the five precepts. So first in Pali, then in English, and then we'll listen to the commentary. Panati pata veramani sika padang samadhyami. I undertake the training to refrain from harming living beings. Now the second. Adina dana veramani sikha padang samadhyami. I undertake the training to refrain from taking that which is not given. Aware of the suffering caused by exploitation, social injustice, stealing, and oppression, I am committed to cultivating loving kindness and learning ways to work for the well being. I will practice generosity by sharing my time, energy, and material resources with those who are in real need. I am determined not to steal and not to possess anything that should belong to others. I will respect the property of others, but I will prevent others from profiting from human suffering or the suffering of other species on Earth. This is the second of the five mindfulness trainings. I vow to study and practice it. Now the third. Kamesu mitchachara veramani sikapadang samadhyami. I undertake the training to refrain from causing harm through sexual misconduct. Aware of the 
the suffering caused by sexual misconduct, I am committed to cultivating responsibility and learning ways to protect the safety and integrity of individuals, couples, families, and society. I am determined not to engage in sexual activities without love and commitment. To preserve the happiness of myself and others, I am determined to respect my commitments and the commitments of others. I will do everything in my power to protect children from sexual abuse and to protect couples and families from being harmed by sexual misconduct. This is the third of the five mindfulness, tra mindfulness trainings. I vow to study and practice it. Now the fourth. Musawada Veramani Sika Padang Samadhyami. I undertake the training to refrain from false and harmful speech. And now the fifth. Surya Maria Ajapamaratana Veramani Sikapadang Samadhyami. I undertake the training to refrain from the misuse of intoxicants. Aware of the suffering caused by unmindful consumption, I am committed to the cultivation of good health both physical and mental, for myself, my family, and my society, by practicing mindful eating, drinking, and consuming. I will only ingest items that preserve peace, well-being, and joy in my body, in my consciousness, and in the collective body, and consciousness of my family and society. I am determined not to misuse alcohol or any other toxic, or to ingest foods or other items that undermine spiritual growth such as unwholesome TV programs, magazines, books, films, and conversations. I'm aware that to damage my body or my consciousness with such poisons is harm to all beings. 
I understand that a prophet died is crucial for self-transformation and for the transformation of society. This is the fifth of the mindfulness trainings. I vowed to study and practice it. Krishna, idang ne silang magafalanyanasa pachayo ho tu. May my conduct conduce to attainment of the highest fruits of liberation. And then below, taking refuge, undertaking the five mindfulness trainings, and practicing the way of awareness and insight gives rise to benefits without limit. I offer to share all blessings and merit with my parents, teachers, family, friends, and with all beings everywhere. May this life and practice contribute to the great stream of causes and conditions leading to happiness, peace, and liberation for all beings. May all beings be happy. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.